Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Lenny's mom, Kim Ross, Tara Scott, DJ Denton, all of our Patreon supporters, and you... Yes, you, the listener, even if you're just listening to the Adventure Jogger for the first time because you're like, wow, this guy got Courtney DeWalter on? The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Courtney, I think it's safe to say, in the world of ultra running, you have had the best summer ever. (laughs) It was pretty fun. I got to uh, travel very far with my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, yeah. And, and to think about what you did and here we are, you know, it's all, it's all said and done. Summer's done. Courtney's taking a break to look back at running Western States and not just running Western States, absolutely destroying the course record and doing something. I remember when I was talking to Andy Jones Wilkins before Western States, and he said specifically, you're not going to see any course records fall. This, the snow's too packed in the high country. It's not going to be a fast race. And then to see you take an hour and 17 minutes plus off of the course record was amazing in, in in its own right, right? Like you could you could stop there and have the best summer ever. And then you go to Hard Rock and you run 26 hours, 14 minutes, 12 seconds. That's the counterclockwise course record. So now you have the clockwise course record and the counterclockwise course record right there. Pla- I mean, those two things right there, right? You could just say, all right, Courtney DeWalter's had the best summer ever. And then... You go to UTMB and you win 23 hours, 29 minutes, 14 seconds. That right there, those three things, you could be like, hard to beat. But not only that, Courtney, you got your own flavor of tailwind this summer. Like, how could it possibly get any better at all? Have you tried it? I have not. Is it good? Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. Very excited about that part of the summer. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> how much How much uh, feedback did you have in the creation of DeWalter Melon? 
it was really cool. We got to be fully involved. Um, there, what they can do with flavors is insane. I didn't know that you could say like, oh, I really like juicy pear as a flavor and someone could make a powder that tastes like that. That's so crazy to me. But uh, anyways, we did get to sample a lot of different flavors, narrowed it down to, man, this watermelon with lime would be so good this summer. Let's dial our like uh, concentration, basically. And so you got to be, it's not just, they didn't contact you, Tailwind, and go like, hey, we're going we're gonna to throw out a DeWalter melon flavor because your name is DeWalter and watermelon and we want to get this watermelon out here. They're like saying to you, hey, Courtney, we want you to, to, to come to the Tailwind's laboratory and put together your own flavor of Tailwind. Yes, and then it just happened to be watermelon was chosen and my last name worked really well with it. That was serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it turns out better than Sage Canada's deal with, with uh, Spring Nutrition where it's called Canterbury because Canada and you think that there's cannabis in there and you get really disappointed when you realize it's just <laughs> strawberry. It's like, sorry, that is so total, total letdown. <laughs> that had to have been interesting, though, for for you. Here you are. You're this you're 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 a, a young lady from Minnesota who likes long inseams and candy. And all of a sudden now you get to see your name on a package of a sports drink and you're filming a commercial for said sports drink. That had to have been a surreal moment for you really surreal and i feel really lucky uh to work with brands where i get to do cool stuff and to have tailwind want to make this flavor together and make some fun content to go with it it was a cool part of the summer for sure well let's go back just a little bit and talk about the big summer when did the genesis come for what would turn into like I said earlier, quite possibly the best summer ever in ultra running to win the three biggest hundred milers in ultra running. Something that honestly, if if people were to say that out loud, like if you were to say, I'm going to go ahead and win all these people, like you're you're insane. You can't do it. Like people would 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 talk. When did the the idea spawn to do what you did this summer? The idea to do the double, Western States and Hard Rock, has been brewing for a few years. There's some different folks who do it almost every year. I feel like there's one or two runners who do it. And always watching that go down blows my mind. I'm like, how are they running Hard Rock after Western States? Three weeks later, you know, not three months, not not one month, three weeks later. Um, And so I think it was last summer, I knew I had entry to Hard Rock again. Mm -hmm. And so that was on the schedule. And then I started thinking, man, if I could get a spot in Western States, like find a way to get a golden ticket or put my name in the lottery, like if I could get a spot, 
this could be my opportunity to try this double. And that's kind of when it started stirring around as like a real option. And then in January, I was able to get a golden ticket, got the spot for Western States, and then it was on fully for the double. The triple didn't really become a thing until, um, I mean, in reality, I didn't sign up for UTMB until the very beginning of August. Um, I guess the idea maybe was brewing, like, that sounds crazy. I love crazy. Maybe I should try that. But I didn't have a spot in UTMB until after Western States. So I had to um, get that entry yeah. in order to make it actually be an idea I could roll around in my brain for a while. So it starts out as the double, the epic double between Western States and Hard Rock. That was a sure thing. You knew your summer was going to be full of DeWaltermelon DeWalt Tailwind and Western States and Hard Rock. How did you approach your training for two races that have an entirely different skill set. Western States is, is a track meet. It involves a lot of speed. It's a net downhill. And then you've got hard rock, which a friend of mine described as there's three types of climbs in hard rock. Steep, steep as shit, and double steep as shit. Like <laughs> two completely different races. How did you approach your training just starting off with the double? It was kind of freeing to be preparing for both of these races because basically anything was helpful. So I don't follow a plan ever. Um, I usually know what race I'm aiming for and what the specifics are of that race that I should maybe focus on. But this time it was like, okay, I have these two races I'm training for. I need all of the things. So I should just go with you know how the wind blew me every day do i feel like climbing a mountain perfect that will be helpful for hard rock do i feel like running some cruiser trails and playing around with some speed perfect that will be helpful for western states so it was like anything goes and there didn't need to be uh too much stressing about what i was or wasn't doing but of course i didn't know then if that would translate well into western states for mm -hmm. example like did i do enough of the western states days to make this go well or was i you know having too many days where i felt like climbing a mountain um so that's the part where i just didn't know and i wasn't gonna like try to calculate it out i just wanted to do what felt good on that day and hope that it would end up being enough of the right things. It's interesting because we, when we spoke five years ago, you'd broken onto the scene and you were really making noise in the 200 mile distance. And I remember talking about your training. You said the same thing. I don't have a plan. I just, I wake up in the morning and whatever my body feels like doing is kind of what I'm, what I'm going to do. That is a very interesting training technique because for me it's sitting on the couch drinking coffee um but but so well the coffee happens first don't worry <laughs> but it is so interesting to be 
is so in tune with with your body and listening to it and and coming up with the training plan as you go i'm sure there was a lot of trial and error with that method of training because how do you really know what your body needs as opposed to what your mind is going to tell you that your body needs over the years it's for sure been a lot of trial and error and just going for it like i don't mind the error part of the trial and error you know um so it's been a lot of trial and error and then a lot of learning to trust myself like the signals that i'm getting and the message that i'm interpreting from those signals trusting that i'm reading it right because that part's hard and you never know for sure but uh, i think just fine-tuning it and continuing to try it has helped me figure it out and um like test what my body can handle in training and what kinds of things it responds to or doesn't respond well to. And I've messed up many times with that. And I think that's okay. Are there workouts that you found through this trial and error process? You're like, Oh, that's not for me. That's a one and done. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) I, uh, nothing specific I could think of, but I probably, there's still probably a million workouts I need to try yeah. to see if I want to throw them in the Rolodex. Right. So there may be like one day you, the, 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 the neighborhood road racers were like, Hey, we got a track workout at six o'clock in the morning. Why don't you join us? And you show up and you're like, Hmm, I don't know if 800s are for me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or you, I mean, there's so much stuff out there about training and workouts people do and content they make with them. So I'll see like types of intervals someone's doing or writing about and think like, well, that could be interesting one time to throw in there. And, and then I'll just have it in my head as like something someone tries and maybe I should too. Did you find that during the training block for Western States and hard rock that your body was taking you back and back and back to a certain type of workout? No, I didn't find that. I found um, that it was pretty cool because I had all of April, all of May, and then those weeks of June leading into it just with training. And previously, I've been one to always sign up for a training race, like throw a 50K in there, throw a 50 mile in there, whatever. And I found that this bigger stretch of just training was really fun where, you know, I could just keep on stacking the weeks without ever having to take much of a break or taper or recover. And I really enjoyed that big block of time. And it's quite a bit cheaper. You don't get as many (laughs) t-shirts, but it is a little bit cheaper than having to sign up for a race. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I just love racing. So I always was gravitating towards, you know, ultra sign up. Let's see what we could find. <laughs> Is there, having the success that you've had, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're, if you're searching your name on Instagram, but the term goat gets thrown a lot. Uh, thrown around a lot with your name and just how how many people you've inspired and how many you know people maybe have found the trails because of something you've done Um, you know what people are saying is there a pressure when you're in this training block and ready for this double is it almost smart to not race because I don't like how do you feel going into just a race that you're using as a tune-up do you feel the pressure to perform there because of all that you've done in the past, I'm sure you don't care about your ultra sign up ranking. It's it's really well. You're doing really well on ultra sign up, Courtney. In case you you haven't looked, is there any pressure at all in that type of tune up race? Or are you like I don't care? I don't know. Um, I mean, I would know what I'm doing there. I would give it the effort that I want to give it with you know my plan or whatever. But I also don't feel that pressure even in the bigger races. So Western States or Hard Rock, people are going to, you know, talk about it or hypothesize. And I don't, it doesn't impact me. Yeah. My race and my satisfaction with a race is always, did I leave it all out there? Do I know for myself that was all I could do that day? And if the answer is yes, then I'm good with whatever result that is. Do you then like give yourself a moratorium from ultra running social media and podcasts and like, are you, you're not flying out to Squaw Valley listening, having a whole bunch of Western States preview podcasts on, on cue. Are you? Uh, no, but I don't mind hearing them or, mm. you know, hearing about what guest was on or um, sometimes it's fun to listen to parts of them just to, hear what some of my friends have been up to that I haven't talked to in a while, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But having people that you don't know, that didn't know your training block, that are are predicting how you will do in a certain race, that has to be a little strange. It's fun. I think it's a sign of like people caring about the sport and, uh, you know, wanting to be able to watch it live streams or follow along or you know predict their rankings on fantasy free trail or whatever it is you know like it's just the sport growing and reaching a bigger audience and i think that's cool because if that makes more people on the trails and try it out that's perfect oh i, I completely agree it's so crazy to see how big the sport has grown just i mean it's it's been on this 10 year plus boom but even in the last 5 years how much the sport has grown and just how many more races are popping up and how many people are are finding their way into uh the trail running and ultra running community and finding that that slower pace and i'm using quotation fingers when i say slower pace um and just the the difference in the attitude one of the things i've talked to you know countless people about the difference between road marathons and let's just say Western states. See the difference between Boston and Western states. The average runner will never see the winner of the Boston Marathon because they're going to start the race 45 minutes behind the first pack. 
if someone wanted to at Western States, someone who's going to run a 29 or, you know, just under 30 hours, they could line up right at the starting line right next to you and it wouldn't be a problem. Everybody kind of travels the same distance together and everybody kind of lines up in the same corral and there's no differentiation between the front of the pack and the back of the pack. That comes through the race, but at the start and the finish line, there's a great unity that people, I think when they see it, they're like, oh, this is nice. I love that. And I love at the finish line that no one's asking, what was your time? What was your pace? What was your place? No one cares about any of that. It's like, hey, you had an adventure and I had an adventure. Let's swap stories and, you know, see what happened out there. And sharing that, like, instantly bonds you to those people who are in the same race as you. Mm-hmm. When it all comes down to it, yes, you got a nice cougar trophy, but there's a whole lot of people wearing the exact same buckle. Yeah, and covered the exact same course on the exact same day faced you know plenty of obstacles and overcame them to get to that track it's so cool and i'm sure it's fun even when you win a race to stick around did you did you come back after western states and and head over and watch golden hour this year absolutely it was incredible that's i mean being there the next day is one of the best parts of western states the the track is packed with people cheering everyone in and during that golden hour is i mean there's probably not a dry eye in the crowd people are shouting losing their voices cheering for these people to get to that finish line have you been to it i have yeah yeah so you know it's wild what's kind of what's kind of crummy is and this is this is the truth of western states golden hour is awesome it is the coolest thing in the sport Early on in the finish, it's pretty cool as well. Like, you'll see a whole lot of people on there. But those folks that are finishing between 19 and 26 hours, there is like three people. <laughs> there's, there's, there's Craig Thornley, you know, Tropical John is trying not to fall asleep, and a handful of other people. And basically, you're finishing for your friends and family. Almost like you have to make that decision of, I could run this hard and have people watch me finish, or I could run this slow and have people <laughs> cheer on my finish. But if I run in the middle, it's going to be like I've like I've walked into a gas station in the middle of the night. <laughs> no one's there, and they're wondering why I'm here. Mostly, though, I would say no one's doing it for the fans. Of the track. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it yeah, is kind of like, it is kind of nice, though. I mean, yeah. it is nice to have some cheering maybe if you decide to go back at some point you need to mix it up a little bit and go like we're going back at hour 26 yeah or just stay all night <laughs> right, right. Just just pull up a camp we gotta keep the people out here for the whole night <laughs> keep that it would going. be fun that actually kind of would be a lot of fun to just kind of pull up a lawn chair and just sit and just watch all the finishes yeah didn't people used to camp on the field mm-hmm. yeah they used and to is that not allowed anymore i don't think it's allowed i think some people probably fall asleep or pass out on the field but i don't you don't see generally a whole lot of people there for there for too long um speaking of western states let's kind of work through your summer you talked about training courtney and your and your training approach to doing this double because it started off as a double 
How did you feel going into Western States body wise and mentally? Mentally, I was a hundred percent fired up. I was so excited because in my brain, starting Western States pushed over the domino of my next three weeks and it Mm -hmm. got this whole thing finally started. So I was mentally really, really pumped and physically I felt good. I was like, I don't know if I'm like the most fit in my life or uh, if I did all the right things, but I know I'm healthy. I know I've been running and I know that I'm excited to take on this course. So the gun goes off. There you are. You got those 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 Olympic Valley jitters. You know, you got the it's it's kind of cool. Andy was telling me that they that one year they did do music. They had music at the starting line. I guess they asked them to put together a playlist. So okay. I don't know if it was like like the Doobie Brothers and and like yeah. all of Andy's favorite yacht rock jams or whatever. But they don't they they stopped doing it after one year. The si- there is no silence really at the start line of Western States. There is so much energy and so much excitement. That has to be just one of the neatest experiences in racing to just be in that starting corral with 300 plus people all getting ready to go. Yeah, and I think enhanced even more by the fact that you're standing at the base of this mountain and your first thing you're doing getting up the mountain like that kind of makes it feel special too or it's like we all have to summit right here and then we'll drop in and it kind of feels like a introduction to the race or something you know the appetizer yeah right exactly like this is this is the fun part the first three miles are going to be probably your (laughs) slowest miles of the day did you Go into Western States with the goal of the course record. Did you look at the conditions and say sub 16 is possible or even sub 1630 is possible? Was there any sort of goal time-wise for you? No, I don't run by pace or splits. And so I never make a specific goal time for a race. Mm-hmm. Um, or a place, a place is never the goal of the race. It's always pour myself entirely out across this race course and see where that lands me and make sure I have nothing left at the end of it. Um, and I didn't know the conditions of the high country. So like when I was talking with my crew beforehand, you know, when I might see them at Robinson, I was like, I have no idea. Like we could be post holing for 30 miles. We could be running through mud. It could be perfectly dry in areas. Like I hadn't been up there. I hadn't really seen anything about the course. So I was like, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll keep going after that. <laughs> Andy is going to be devastated that you did not hear him say, Oh, there's too much snow in the high country. There's going to be no records falling at this one. It's going to be a slower race. He's going to be so dis- Now we know for sure, 100%, you did not listen to Andy Jones-Wilkins' <laughs> Western States preview with me because that's all he said. And obviously, spoiler alert, everybody, that turned out to be bogus. <laughs> 
Well, the snow ended up running decent. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't the post holing I was imagining. We weren't, you know, slogging through waist deep drifts. It was like you mostly could stay on top of it, slide around a little bit. Uh, definitely was searching for flags the whole time, but they had marked it really well. Um, and I, w I got to share that whole part basically with Katie Scheid, yeah. who's an amazing human. Um, I've you know run into her many times in our years in this sport, and it's always fun to chat with her. So it was cool that she was there and we were sharing it. And uh, it was her first Western State, so... That all made it pass really quickly. And I, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to have somebody to enjoy those early miles with and just kind of bounce back and forth. And I'm sure she's trying to, you know, get some idea of what's ahead of her from you and just kind of pass the time. Totally. And we both were falling sometimes, but we both just, you know, laugh and had really good attitudes about the snow and the conditions. And um, so I think that too helped where we both were in just good mindsets about the adventure we were on. When did the fun stop, the chatting back and forth, the tripping and laughing, and all of a sudden the business of, oh God, this is a hundred mile race set in? <laughs> I, I mean, it stayed pretty fun for a while through the whole course. I, I mean, through the canyons, I was for sure working really hard and um, it was starting to warm up, not the crazy temperatures you can get there sometimes, mm -hmm. but where you had to be aware of it. And then by the time I got to Forest Hill, I just uh, put myself in a world of hurt for the remainder of the race. So that was like kind of intentional hurting. To put the hammer down. <laughs> Was it, was it, was that Forest Hill? Was that when you were like, okay, there's, there's a chance to do something big here. I'm feeling good. Time to put the hammer down. Was that kind of the mindset or was that from the start? Like I'm going to go easy to Forest Hill and then I'm going to drop the hammer. I think from the start and really all hundred mile races, it's like manage the day and be teetering on the line of like pushing too hard, but right below it yeah uh at the beginning um never trying to be down in like a green zone but always up in like a orange yeah and then at the end to put it into the red zone of like it's everything you have left and the amount of miles back from the finish i've been trying to enter that red zone is just been growing because i'm curious what's possible and so this one, I was like, well, Forest Hill has me about 40 miles from the finish. Can I hold it in the red for 40 miles? Let's try. And yet it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was like getting into the maroon zone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> how do you, though, make that, that switch? And how do you live in that maroon, the, the red and maroon and the orange zone for so long? Because your body is going to scream at you, slow down. We can't keep this up, even though you can. How have you learned over the years to almost just shut that part of your mind out and be able to just keep going so hard so long? The mental side of ultra running is one of the most intriguing parts to me. And that's been a whole learning process in my 10 years of doing the sport so far of figuring out that there is a mental game and then how to play the mental game and what works for me. So those moments for me now are fully mental. It's not even a physical act anymore. It's like picturing this pain cave in my brain, grabbing my chisel and just imagining that I'm in the back corners of the cave, making it bigger. And that makes the hurt the suffering feel really productive like i'm getting better for next time by being in this place right now are you actually meditating on that idea while you are running of every step is a chiseling away of a wall yeah i've never thought of it as like meditating (laughs) but for sure that's where i am in those hardest moments where i'm just tunneled into my brain and focusing on every single step, every single chisel, and at the same time trying to just repeat something really positive to myself. What is what is one of the things that like Western states when you hit the throttle a little earlier than normal, like this could this could go really well or this could blow up in my face, but let's just go for it. What was what were the positive things you were telling yourself as it started to be more and more painful? The one that showed up at Western States, I never plan the mantras. Mm -hmm. They always just happen or I'll go back to the tried and true, like you're fine is my like default mantra. But this time at Western States, it turned into something like uh, be brave, be patient and believe. or something like that um so probably towards the end there it was just like believe and over and over like believe that your leg will land under (laughs) you believe you can keep doing this believe you can you know those uh trying to just stay in that positive frame because if that's not there then it allows negative to creep in mm-hmm. and i think when the negative thoughts creep in that's when you start to have the physical like downward spiral happen as well so it's almost like you do those things to keep the negative thoughts at bay but i'm sure at some point in your 10 plus years of running ultras you almost had to develop an emergency plan for when the bad sneaks in how do you like what is what is the nuclear option 
to vaporize the negativity that that can creep up in your head. Yeah, for sure. And it still creeps in sometimes and it'll still be like, man, you can't do this or this is too hard or you're not going to make it or whatever it is. But if that happens, I'll notice it and sometimes even say out loud a positive thing that I could flip it to and just shove it out of the way because it's not serving any of us in an ultra to think things like that. We have to stay positive and we have to keep believing that we can find the solution to whatever problem is happening. For you in your training, what has been more difficult? The physical training and getting your body ready to do the things that you've asked it to do or the mental training of just believing you can do those things? The mental part is um, just like harder to see and train as um, obviously as the physical part. You know, we can all read about training plans and what a long run looks like or interview we could do for the physical part. But the mental part is kind of personal and you have to just try stuff, I think. And I only find myself in the place to try those things in races. So I get less opportunities to actually grow that mental strength and learn like what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And then I need to just log that all, you know, categorize it in my filing cabinets. And then at the next opportunity, make sure to take advantage and see if I can apply the new things I learned. One of the things I've noticed about you is you're, you're from the Midwest. You're from Minnesota, born and raised in Minnesota. As a Midwesterner myself, us Midwesterners, it's a very Midwestern thing. We are told, do not, you can't brag about yourself. Do not talk about yourself. Self-confidence is almost like a, it's almost like a scarlet letter in the Midwest. Like, oh, that person. So, you know, you're raised in a part of the country where modesty is valued over just about everything else. Was it hard for you being a Midwestern gal, being told your whole life to be modest, to think in such a positive self, you know, self-loving, I've got this type of way? Well, first of all, let's establish I love Minnesota. I do so too. Much. I love Minnesota. Yeah. I love Wisconsin. Yeah. They're they're wonderful. Yeah. It's but it's it's like it's part of the the whole culture in the Midwest is we're modest in the Midwest. And that's probably a good thing. I think it comes from hardworking folks from from, you know, I, I think about so much Norwegian ancestry and German ancestry. That is a part of of those cultures as well. So I, I, I just might be reaching for something. This could be like you're full of crap. I have grown up my whole life not having to worry about being too modest in in the Midwest. No, but I think that the mantras that I'm using are never about a finish line. Even mm -hmm. it's it's taking the next step. Is you know what the mantra is helping me do. So. It doesn't feel like uh, assuming a finish line or anything about that. It's like 
really, really simple and small, like basic, you know? Yeah. When did you know at Western States that, okay, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here to do something huge to not only just beat the course record, but to destroy it. I didn't think that at all. Uh, I would hear some updates, splits in those last 30 miles. Maybe I was getting some information, but in my brain, I still had 30 miles to go. And in an ultra, anything can happen. And so I was staying really in the moment the entire way to that track and only believed that I had made it when I turned on to the track, actually. You see that clock? You cross that finish line. What did that feel like? And I don't even know if you're like, it's hard to do math in an ultra, right? Like, I'm sure maybe the moment didn't even get to you right away. But what did it feel like crossing that finish line and taking an hour and 17 minutes off the course record? A lot of disbelief. I couldn't believe that the day unfolded like it did. And my body and brain and all parts were, you know, there and ready to party, basically. Um, And then I was in a world of hurt. (laughs) (laughs) It was like stopping motion so suddenly just made all my organs go crazy. I got super nauseous. I started throwing up. My legs were spinning. It was like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you think about hitting that throttle so early, right? Because you're, I'm sure having done Western States multiple times, your body was accustomed to the, the, the pedal being put to the metal at this point or riding the, the orange to maroon for so long and you pushed it so far back that you're going so hard for so long and then stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's like running into a wall. <laughs> and of course, everyone wants to talk to you, right? Like, had you, like we talked earlier, had you finished 26 hours, you could just go back to your hotel, you take a shower, you're fine. But you, you, you just smashed the course record. And I think it's, 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 it's worth pointing out that had we put you in a time machine, Courtney, and sent you back to the year of the incredible, unbreakable documentary that was made about western states you would have won the overall in that race you would have crossed the finish line first but so you do that everyone's going to want everyone wants to talk to you there's press there you know there's there's the live stream there's people that want to get quotes and all you want to do is just like find a place to gather your innards if you will yeah i was just i had my face in a bag (laughs) to excuse myself It's like, can you interview someone else? I'll be right back. Just hold my spot. There's someone else going to finish here in a second. I'll come right back and we can talk. And it was super lovely because we had an amazing crew of some family and friends out there. And so to share a day like that with these people I love made it even better. All right. So that's that's day number one, right? That's epic summer part number one. Did you drink any DeWalter melon during Western States? 
purely do Walter Mellon all and, day. And there's at no point you were like, I love it because it's got my name on it, but I could really use Mandarin Orange at this next aid station. <laughs> no, it was going in easy all day. I was surprised too. I was like, let's have some other flavors ready in case. But it was perfect all day. You're like, damn, I sound like a commercial. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> so now you've got the Cougar. Now you've got the course record. Now you've got all, all the interviews are done. You've talked to a million people. You've shared the story a thousand times. And now the reality is you've got three weeks to go after just trashing yourself because you didn't, you didn't, you know, gently go through Western states you smacked it like you said you put that hammer down at forest hill and you're like let's see how this goes <laughs> you have three weeks not to a rails to trails hundred miler with a hundred feet of elevation gain hard rock how did you manage the three weeks between hammering so hard at western states and then uh, a race that has three types of climbs steep steep as shit double steep as shit so three weeks later yeah three weeks went really fast the first week i did nothing i laid on the couch <laughs> and ate a lot of pizza um and the second week i tried to just get some motion in my legs did a little biking did a little hiking with my poles but really not much and then the third week is race week so then it was like well there's no time for anything else. <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> so like, what do you do in a race week like that? You just throw in a couple shakeout runs just to get the legs moving? Yeah, I did a few, maybe 40 to an hour jogs. Yeah. Um, but otherwise didn't do very much. Mostly I was like, the body will be what it is. What I want to focus on is my brain and making sure it's as rested as possible because we're about to go back in that cave again mm -hmm. for a hundred miles. And that takes a lot of mental energy. And so those three weeks I was, you know, doing what I could for my body, but really trying to give my brain as much rest as possible. I'm glad you said jog because I I, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to say why is Courtney DeWalter on a podcast called The Adventure Jogger because folks Courtney DeWalter jogs as well so it's <laughs> I jog a lot <laughs> you heard it here folks would you can <laughs> so you're saying that you like jogging and you're a person who loves adventure so Courtney I I think you qualify as an adventure jogger oh my gosh what an honor <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Do you, I get some sort of membership card? You know, I will send you something. Um, Arlen Glick <laughs> is getting the Adventure Jogger of the Year uh, bass guitar. We had a custom bass guitar made for Arlen Glick, so he's getting that. But... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. I can probably get that for you for next year. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want to pick up bass guitar, I can get a custom bass guitar made for you as the adventure jogger of the year bass guitar. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty Arlen cool. Arlen deserves it. Yes. And he is, by the way, Arlen Glick is the nicest man on planet earth. And I am always surprised, Courtney, I'll interview people and they'll talk about their race or whatever. And they'll say, and then Arlen Glick showed up to pace me. Like, what? (laughs) Do you know him? No, no. He just said in a a message that he would show up and he needs to run. So he'd he'd pace me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you guys need need to start like your own, like contact Solomon and say, listen, I've got a reality show idea. It's going to be Undercover Pacer, where you're just going to volunteer at random to just pace random people at random races. Like, How you, fun would that be? Yeah. And you can't say it's Courtney DeWalter. You'd have to say, like, your name is Walt DeCourtney or something. And then <laughs> nobody would know. And then you show up with the bad glasses and the bad wig and then pace, pace someone at a race and see how long it takes them to figure out who you are. This is a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get on that, Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, wouldn't that be great? Like you're, you're all of a sudden it's my, you're, you've been walking for the last 10 miles and you're like, you know, I'm really not accustomed to walking that much in this race. You know, I like to run a little more and they'll go, wait a minute. Those glasses are fake. You're Courtney to Walter. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to watch the shorts you may have to get different shorts because they would tell no right away oh geez from your shorts this might be the deal breaker <laughs> <laughs> which by the way you have they've made they finally are starting to sell your shorts yeah yeah super cool to offer another option for people um i know carl Meltzer has told me that when he sees people wearing speed goats while he's running, he'll always go, nice shoes. Have you ever told someone nice shorts? That's wearing the DeWalter shorts from Solomon. I don't think I've ever like randomly encountered someone wearing them yet. Somebody make this happen. Come on, can somebody please? Someone in Leadville. Yeah, for sure. I would like squeal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Please make this happen. Someone in Leadville, buy some DeWalter shorts and find Courtney's best routes and just go. Please. I want Courtney to be able to go. Nice shorts. Those look really, really good. Um, so Hard Rock, here you are. Bring up that idea to Solomon, by the way. Undercover Pacer is going to be a real thing. Um, all, all I ask is uh, all I ask is is nothing. Uh, it's all free. Just take that. <laughs> take that and run with it. Um, Hard Rock. You get to the starting line of Hard Rock, which is such a different vibe than Western states because, you know, Western states is the big show. It is. Where Hard Rock almost seems like a a family, a sadistic family reunion where you spend time with people you love and they force you to run in the most ridiculous <laughs> place on earth. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no i love that they have different vibes i think there's a place for every type of race in ultra running you know so i love that 
there's the big show races and i love that then there's you know stand on this dirt road and run in this direction when we yell go i think both are so cool and feel special in their own ways so getting to hard rock i hadn't really trained i had recovered as best i could i had rested my brain as well as i could and i felt decent going to that start line but it was weird like they still go when we started running and i made it like two blocks in the race and just had this feeling of like heaviness immediately like my legs felt just draggy my arms felt tired swinging felt too hard you know and i was like oh no this is pretty early for this to start <laughs> so basically what you're saying courtney is you don't recommend doing a hundred mile tempo run three weeks before hard rock well i mean i don't not recommend it it's <laughs> <laughs> it did turn out okay for you. I'm just gonna, you know, all things in the end turned out okay. Uh, it was just it turned into one of those runs where not a single mile flies by. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had those in training where you work really hard for that normal five mile loop where you have to, you know, think about every single second of it. And that's what this hundred mile race turned into, where like not a single mile came for free none of them flowed none of them flew by quickly it was like hard work every step when did the mental mantra present itself at hard rock basically at that second block of the race (laughs) (laughs) where those feelings set in and i had to immediately just flip the script of not feeling like dread about that Mm -hmm. and instead trying to feel like okay that's okay we'll you know do the best we can and we're gonna keep moving forward and it's fine do you remember the words that presented themselves at hard rock i think it was just like it's okay something about that reassuring that the feelings that I was having, the fact that this was going to be a hard day, all of that was okay. And you probably, it was a different sensation for you having run hard rock before you had the the course record already for the clockwise direction. Um, This had to have been a different experience to here you are at the spot you've been at before feeling so drastically different, like not having a bounce in your step or a spring or having that feeling of power and more of a feeling of like punching through just from the go. Yeah, I also knew immediately though that the double was what I was interested in. You know, double to me, finishing that out. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, going into Hard Rock, I was like, I want to experience this double. I want to know what it feels like to run this second 100 mile race three weeks after the first. And I want to experience everything that comes with that. And so it was never like, well, I should stop because this is going to be a slog. It was never, um, 
even that surprised by it. It was just like, well, you wanted to experience this and here it is. So soak it up. Right. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. Yeah. It's me. I'm the one who wanted to do this. <laughs> Taylor Swift was singing about you in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Did it feel, was it the entire way every single mile was hard or was there a moment when you caught glimpses of the Courtney from three weeks ago that could have been like, okay, now it's time to hammer. It was really hard the entire way. I did though pick up pacers starting around mile 60. Mm -hmm. And that was just a huge boost in the energy mood. And it was still equally hard once I picked them up, but we were able to move pretty decently through those last 40 miles. Um, and I could, you know, have some distractions then from thinking how long each mile felt to, you know, composing a country song with my buddy, because <laughs> that's what we felt like doing <laughs> on a mountain. Okay. Do you remember what was the title of the country song? <laughs> I will not be singing that right <laughs> now. <laughs> Listen, Courtney, I'm 30 minutes from Nashville. I was going to write it down and see if we could end the summer with you getting the top of the Billboard Hot 100 Country Singles chart. Oh, man. That, that would be something. <laughs> why not? I mean, come on. Everything you've wanted to do this summer's turned out okay. I don't see why this, this is a problem. I can make some phone calls. We can have you in the studio by the end of the week. I mean, the lyrics definitely talked about Kroger's Canteen, which is one of the eight stations there, being out on the mountain. <laughs> but isn't that funny, though? And it's almost like when you when you plan your crew, you know your running buddies. And I'm sure you have serious running buddies that are like the ones you call in when they need you to be like, Courtney, stop. Stop complaining. We're moving hard. Stay on my ass. We're, we're, we're booking. And then you need to have pacers where it's like, it's fun joke time. And I'm going to tell stories forever just to get your mind off of things. And pacers that you can go into a weird avenue and write a country song about <laughs> Kroger's Canteen. Do, do you think of it that way? Or does it just kind of present itself that the right pacer shows up at the right race? Or do you recruit that way? I would say... Any people that face me are just people I think are so fun and funny and we get along well. I don't ever need a pacer to tell me to speed up or uh, stop complaining. I want them there for the shared memories that we can make. So it's just my good buddies that I like to joke around with. So you're saying a whole album could come out of next year. Well, well, challenge accepted. (laughs) Now it should. (laughs) Um, Hard rock. At some point, you start whipping back into town. And again, at what point in hard rock did you go like, this is going to, this could turn out really well. This is, this doesn't feel like it's going to turn out really well from the start. But look at the time you're around that corner and you see, Oh, God, there's another course record. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only when I could see the rock did I actually believe I had finished it. Was it again? I mean, 
how'd you feel? Well, basically, you told us the Western States you wanted to, like, it was, it was a rough finish. How was the finish line? Was it better at, at Hard Rock or was it just as bad? We were like, please don't talk to me. I got to find a bag. <laughs> I did have a really large garbage can next to me. Um, <laughs> but I think it was okay, better, really just tired. Uh, it was, you know, 26 hours. So you're through the whole night and um, I think just went and slept for like an hour. Yeah. And then I woke up so hungry for a cheese quesadilla. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after you had the quesadilla, enjoy some coffee. You've got that wonderful quesadilla at what would this be like? This is like what? Like 10 o'clock in the morning. This is still breakfast time. Was it a breakfast quesadilla or just your standard? It must have been a, like late breakfast, early lunch quesadilla. Yeah. So you get the quesadilla. Was there ever a moment <laughs> when you could just kind of sit and think about what actually happened the last three weeks? Course record at Western States. Course record at Hard Rock. Did you ever just take a moment to go like, well, that's turned out better than I thought. Um, it was kind of weird all summer because when I would finish something, we were already thinking of the next thing. Mm-hmm. So finish Western States and it was pivoting immediately to Hard Rock. And then finishing Hard Rock, it kind of pivoted almost immediately to just wondering mm-hmm is UTMB a possibility? How do I feel? Could we go give it a try? Should we go give it a try? So it hasn't felt like until this these past couple of days after UTMB where we can actually zoom out and think of the whole summer. Um, but truthfully, I'm pretty jet lagged lately. Yeah. So we <laughs> haven't had like the most coherent brains to actually reflect yet. So maybe in the next weeks, we'll really like appreciate the summer that just happened. Well, it's funny because I'd, I'd reached out to you after Hard Rock because I'm like, oh, this is when we, because everyone, honestly, I, the request I get the most is you got to have Courtney on. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll try, right? I'll, I'm going to reach out and see if she's available. And you said to me, hey, I've got, I've got, I got some traveling coming. You didn't say I'm doing UTMB. You're like, hey, I've got something coming up in September or yeah in late like late August let's let's chat in early September just reach out to me in early September without telling me what it was and I'm like oh I have no idea what she's doing and then of course like two <laughs> days later it's like Courtney's doing UTMB and I'm like well that yeah hey I'll wait for that <laughs> I'll wait all day long for that I mean yeah sure <laughs> we could talk about Western States and Hard Rock but let's talk about Western States Hard Rock UTMB and DeWalter Mellon and, and go for, and go from there so that was so cool to make that happen but again this is another completely different race i guess you could compare utmb more to hard rock than you could western states it's kind of got aspects of both races when you think about it the massive crowd and the show of western states with the 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 steep climbs somewhat of hard rock yeah and there's even some really fast runnable sections of utmb so it really is a cool mashup of both of them yeah, I mean, it's it kind of, it, it almost makes perfect sense 
like to to <laughs> to finish out your summer that way. Like it's 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 like you combined two great races, and you saw elements of both in this race. How was? Because I'm sure after Hard Rock you were toast. I'm sure your legs were shot. I'm sure you were feeling pretty crummy. Maybe you took you know, a week of lying on the couch and eating pizza. But how did you, how was your training between finishing Hard Rock and getting to UTMB? Once I decided that I was going to go for it, um, it was, I was really lucky. Actually, I went with the Solomon team. We did a lap of Mont Blanc Mm -hmm. on the UTMB course in four days. And so those days were just, any pace goes as slow as you want but got to see the course and get in some big climbing and then my husband kevin did a race in switzerland where i got to pace him for part of it so uh, i got to do some good climbing in between hand um but otherwise just kind of like trying to straddle the line between am i training or tapering or recovering which thing am i doing right now (laughs) right Right. hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And with your training technique of Courtney wakes up and figures out what her body needs... That's like, how do you do that training technique when your body probably wants to go, but maybe you need to pull back a bit because you're, you got to recover from the other two big things. Yeah, it was brand new territory for me. And I did my best to read the signals and play with the days of, you know, what should I do or could I do? Um, I don't know if I nailed it, but for sure learned from it. What was the the starting line like at UTMB? Was it a celebration for you or was it a, I've got one more job to do? Kind of both. I mean, I wanted to triple and in my head, triple meant finish all three. Mm-hmm. So I knew at the starting line, I am getting back to Chamonix no matter how long it takes me or how difficult it gets out there. Like I want this third finish Mm -hmm. to the summer to experience all of it um and it felt exciting there's so many people it's chaos and it's cool because you're getting sent off onto this difficult adventure was there ever any talk i mean because it it's it's not it's not country versus country but historically the united states has done well at UTMB, but the United States has never done as well as it's done this year. Is there discussions? Do you guys kind of maybe hang out before the race and maybe strategize a bit or talk no. about representing your country or whatever <laughs> or anything at all? Or is it just a couple of beers or whatever? No, I mean, maybe I'm not at those hangouts, but they're not getting uh, invited to the, to the rah, rah America parties. <laughs> no, I mean, I think a hundred miles is a hundred miles. Um. Like it's far, it's going to be hard. And 
I want the best for everyone out there, no matter where they they're from. Like I want everyone to have their best day, whatever that looks like. Um, so I'm super psyched for Jim. I'm psyched that he and Zach got to, you know, push each other to be better. And uh, for everyone who finished it or tried it. It is such an iconic race. And even the people that finish hours, you know, 10 hours behind even you, it's, it's a monumental achievement for anybody to finish that race. Um, how did your legs feel at the starting line? of UTMB was it a was it a hard rock feeling or was it a western states feeling or somewhere in between somewhere in between but it felt pretty good and I ran it pretending I hadn't already raced that summer so I was um not trying to like be conservative with my pace early on it was putting it in that you know orange zone and seeing what happens with it um and then I got to around mile 60 and just ran out of steam. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, my legs were just blown and I had no power left in them. And I don't know if it was like, that would have happened, you know, no matter what, or it was the summer accumulating, but I ran out of juice at about mile 60. And then it was just a, slog to get to the finish line was that when the mantra kicked in or was it earlier than that man i don't know oh right about there and you know what my mantra was this race when that happened is i just kept saying to myself robot over and over i was like robot 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 because i just wanted to be a robot in that (laughs) moment and like have the legs swing like they were supposed to even though it felt like the muscles weren't going to catch anymore wow so for 40 miles you're just repeating in your head robot robot (laughs) robot just to get through those miles it felt like the most encouraging thing i could say to my legs to just keep them swinging right so yeah it's almost like it, it it allows the brain to stop like this i'm sorry this is not a choice we're making this is yeah. just the function of the legs is to move forward yeah. we have no choice beyond that just allow them to do the task that they need to do yeah it was really tough at the end though and it got where like my steps were really tiny because it felt like if they were any bigger the muscles wouldn't catch it anymore um so it was it was hard there is there's we a, made it yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. <laughs> you sure did. You've made it back and you won. Uh, three races, three wins, two course records. There's this great photo, Courtney, of you running through this tunnel of UTMB fans where there was just this mad celebration around you. At what Was that later on in the race or earlier? That was around mile 80, I want to say. So you've been saying robot, robot for 20 miles. You pull into mile 80 and there is this party going crazy around you. How did that feel? So cool. I mean, it was like incredible fans out on course and people cheering everyone on. And that energy for sure 
helps runners get to the finish line. So it was really special to come across it. It was insane and crazy and bigger than I ever could have imagined would be on an ultra running course. You're like, wait a minute, are you lost? Is, it, is, it, is, this, is there a tour de France going on at the same time? What, what? Where are you people? Yeah, but it was also just this like wonderful energy boost of like soak in this energy and all of this support and keep trying to move forward. Did it feel almost like, because you're right, ultra running is still, I mean, it's growing, but it's still a niche sport, right? And so you've run races, Courtney, where you finish and there's three people there. One of them's asleep and, you know, you go into town and nobody knows anything had happened. And then you look at other athletes like, you know, guys that play in the NFL and they get their name called and they're running through a tunnel and there's so much energy. That was that you were you were getting that that hype crowd, massive energy that. You know, I'm sure other athletes in other sports that have 70,000 people spectating get that. But you got the roar of the crowd in such a beautiful way, almost right when you needed it. Yeah, it was. I'll never forget it. It was so cool. And the folks who organized it um, did an amazing job. And people were out in costumes like there was a slice of pizza. There was a guy <laughs> dressed up like a toothbrush because I love brushing my teeth during ultras. <laughs> did, you, did you have to ask someone if you were hallucinating? Because you do like pizza. <laughs> Is that that really? would have been a crazy scene to come on if you were hallucinating. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. Can you imagine I run far story of Courtney DeWalter arrested for biting a man dressed like a giant slice of pizza? <laughs> French police are not buying the hallucinating excuse. <laughs> you would have broken I run far had that had that happened. It would have, would have, would have shut them down. Um, the energy, though, at the finish line is big as well. You're running into a town where, you know, again, it's not three people. One of them's asleep. You've got thousands of fans screaming and yelling as you cross that finish line. I noticed at that finish line, you were wiped out. <laughs> like, like, you were like, so it was obvious. I'm done. <laughs> like, listen, I appreciate y'all being here. I know you've got some questions, but you've got to give me a chance to sit down for a second because I am spent. It, it was hard. It was really, really hard. I um, was empty at the end of any more energy or miles or but that's kind of what i wanted mm -hmm. like i wanted to try these three races and see you know what can i learn but also what's possible how hard can i push how long can i last in it and i found out for this time that's how it played out and that's how it felt you said you haven't had the chance because of jet lag you know, you're back in the in the country just a couple of days, and I'm sure you're adjusting to, you know, you're, you're I'm, I'm betting you're still in the in the couch and pizza phase of recovery. Definitely, <laughs> you haven't that had... phase might stick around a little longer. <laughs> I love that; it's my favorite phase of training. I love to sit around and eat pizza phase. Um, but no, you haven't had a chance to like process what it is. But it 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 goes to show you like. Why not dream big, right? 
Like, why not? Exactly. I I mean, that is just when people ask why, I'm like, why not? I can't think of reasons not to try. Right. Like, like no, like, like we said earlier in the podcast, if you said it, if you said it out loud, if you were like, hey, I'm going to win Westerns or I'm going to run Western States, Hard Rock, UTMB, I'm going to win them all. People are like, that's not possible. But now we've seen it's possible. <laughs> and the danger of that is, well, next summer, you got to come up with something bigger. <laughs> that is fun to start scheming what uh, what the next season could look like have you had any ideas are you perusing ultra sign up and going like hmm what about hmm. this and <laughs> this and this what feels just the right amount of crazy <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't have any ideas yet. We are going to give it a beat here to let the dust settle from this year and then start scheming what would be fun stuff to try. Um, You live in Leadville. Is there a desire to run the famous race that's run in the town you live in? Because you wouldn't have to rent a hotel. You could probably just walk there to the start. How cool would that be? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's so unusual. (laughs) Right. Like, imagine not having to book a a flight, book a hotel, organize travel for your pacers. You're like, hey, guys, just stay at the house. We got a guest room. Just come on in. Yeah. We live here. Is that that at all on your radar? For sure. I think it would be so fun to run it, especially because we live here now. How long have you been in Leadville? About three years. It's nice because I mean, it's a beautiful town and it's a reasonable, it seems like compared to the rest of Colorado, it's rather reasonable and where better place to train to run in the mountains than at 10,000 feet. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's uh, starting to turn fall here. So the leaves are changing and it's the best season. It is. And who knows, next year, Leadville might be involved. <laughs> Do you have a desire to go back to western states uh i mean eventually i love the race i don't know what next year will look like yet mm. we won't go there um but people want to know where do you put the cougar <laughs> is it is it on is it on the mantle do you put it in the spare bedroom closet like where do you put the cougar <laughs> It is not on the mantle, no. Oh, come. <laughs> not, not even for a minute? You didn't even think, like, let's put this on the mantle just for a minute. No, but I don't want to insult the cougar. It's, very, <laughs> it's a very nice sculpture. Do you remember the 90s when people had, like, those those curio cabinets that had, like, the glass and oh, the mirrors yeah. and, the, and they were lit from the bottom? I bet you could find one of those at the Goodwill in Leadville and you could put them in there because wouldn't that be a great space like a backlit mirrored curio cabinet from the 90s. That'd be the, the, the perfect place for it. 
I'll look into it. Okay, Thanks good. for the recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all winners, Courtney. I gave you the undercover pacer, okay? <laughs> not all going to be winners. Um, no, I love it. Thank you. Courtney, before you go, you know, this has been an incredible year, an incredible couple of years for women in ultra running. When you look at what, what um, Camille did at the 48-hour race, when you look at what Ashley Paulson did at Badwater, and you look what you did this summer, and especially Western states, it's been a big couple of years, and you've seen this massive growth in the sport on, on the women's side. And it's almost like for the last three years, it's been... I don't even know who's running Western states in the guys division. I'm all, I'm all I'm following along is the women's side of these races because there's just so much talent coming into the sport. Looking at what the course record has done and how fast it's dropped at Western states on the women's side, a, a far disproportional drop than what we've seen on the men's side. Are we seeing the beginning of almost, and I don't say this to discount what the women have done before this. This is not to discount Ann Trayson or before, but the sport's becoming more visible and it is a niche sport, but more and more people are coming to it. Are we at the beginning of almost a new renaissance of ultra running for women where more and more women who maybe had not heard the sport before, maybe wouldn't have tried it, maybe would have done marathon running on the roads will will come into this sport and push the competition even greater? Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a woman in ultra running and for sure like the women before were laying that foundation for all of us to think we could do this sport too. We could try hard things. We can push our own limits. And my hope is that more and more women get out here and try it and see what's possible. And Why I, not? Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I see online the discussions between, you know, who's the greatest and a lot of words are thrown around. And I think when you have that discussion, it almost discounts the, the, just the, the, the circumstances of the greatness, right? Like, Anne Trayson can be the goat. Camille Heron can be the goat. Courtney DeWalter can be the GOAT. All of these great things happen, and because great things happen, it doesn't take it away from anyone else. But it does seem like we are less than a decade away from there being a battle of the overall winner at Western States being, could be a woman. We are, we are, we are 10 years, I'm calling it right now. In less than 10 years, we are going to see a, a, a woman finish first overall at Western States. I hope I'm there on the track watching that happen. It could very well be you. <laughs> no, I want to be out there with a foam finger, front seat, <laughs> cheering. <laughs> okay, when that happens, folks, watch the video and look for the foam finger going, we're number one, because that's, that's Courtney. <laughs> ten, years or, ten years or less from now, watching Western States got her buckle on at the finish line with with the foam finger courtney this has been a very fun chat thank you for for coming on the adventure jogger yeah thank you so much hope we can share trails in person sometime at some yes if you are ever in tennessee 
Yeah, well, I'll let you know when I'm at an open mic night down there trying out my new stuff. Yes. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Just hang on, folks. It's coming. Um, you know, actually, Arlen Glick's family, they're, they're, they're musicians. So they're going to be... Back, a band. Yeah. So Perfect. the Glicks are going to be at my house mid-October. So I'm just saying there's, there's, there's a spare bedroom in case you guys want to... Make it a, an album of duets. Thank you. <laughs>